the Dose of Joy podcast. I'm your host, Joy Huber. Welcome. Oh, November. So much happening in this month, including, as you'll know if you followed along, my first colonoscopy. That's how I kicked off November. It was a Halloween to remember last Sunday, as that was the day I couldn't have any solid foods. I had warm chicken broth, diluted white grape juice, and when I needed to feel like I was chewing, I had some lemon jello that I could swish around in my mouth. I drank lots of water and didn't feel too bad. I drank one dose of prep at about 5 p.m. as that, how do I put this, empties your system before the screening. I mixed a powder with 16 ounces of water, and then I drank another 16 ounces of water. So I had four cups of water in an hour. I did the same thing Monday morning with the second dose of prep, and I stopped drinking altogether a couple hours before my scheduled procedure time. Compared to things I've gone through with my cancer diagnosis and treatment— A colonoscopy is nothing to fear and definitely nothing to delay as it saves lives. If you're due for one and haven't done it, I encourage you to schedule it soon. You'll be glad you did as cancer screenings can definitely help detect any issues early. Now, let's get rolling with a lot of great information I have for you today. November is National Family Caregivers Month. As someone who's had caregivers while I was going through my own stage 4 cancer battle, and as someone who's also served as a caregiver, I know how highly valuable caregivers are. On an Administration for Community Living page, acl.gov, I will share on the Dosa Joy podcast Facebook page, it says, Celebrated every November, National Family Caregivers Month, NFCM, is a time to recognize and honor family caregivers across the country. And I will add a time to share helpful information. Thankfully, Cancer.net also provides a ton of helpful caregiving information I will point you to this week as your personal guide to cancer who's been there. According to Cancer.net, there are many ways to be a caregiver. Some caregivers take care of the person with cancer 24 hours a day. Others do research or find help. If you are a caregiver, you might live with the person who is sick, visit, or help them by phone or online. Every situation is different, and things can change as the cancer and treatment change. Caregiving can be live-in, long-distance, or even shared with others, as we've touched on before. Often, family and friends share caregiving responsibilities when their loved one has cancer. Working together to provide care for a person with cancer can have positive and negative impacts. Several common sources of caregiving conflict can include unequal division of caregiving duties. It is typical for one person to take the lead in caring for the person who has cancer. If they are managing many of the caregiving tasks alone, it can lead to stress and resentment. Others may also feel left out. 
disagreement on caregiving decisions. There can be different opinions about financial, medical, and or daily caregiving decisions. Different coping styles. People handle their caregiving tasks and cope with their feelings in different ways and falling into old roles. Sometimes old relationship patterns between parents and children, siblings, or even friends can resurface when caregiving. For example, siblings may deal with conflicts similar to when they were growing up. Parents and children can also have a hard time with the change in roles that comes when adult children become caregivers of a parent. Cancer.net gives some great tips for how caregivers can work together, and I'll share the link to their list on the Dose of Joy podcast Facebook page so you can check out the full list. Some tips include to be as specific as possible when asking for help, such as mom needs a ride to and from her weekly treatment appointment for six weeks every Monday at 1 p.m., or a prescription needs to be picked up by 7 p.m. today at the drugstore on Main Street. Take care of your own physical and emotional health so you can better take care of others. Consider hiring home care services, including respite care, when there are gaps in coverage or the main caregiver needs a break. Respite care is temporary help for caregivers. Cancer.net lists some great questions to ask the healthcare team, including, are there services at this hospital or center that help support family caregivers? Is there a social worker or another professional I could talk with about finding help with caregiving? Who can I talk with if I'm feeling overwhelmed or having difficulties with caregiving duties? We'll get into suggestions for taking care of your own health so you can take care of others in this episode. But first, some helpful information for caregiving at the hospital. And I'll share the link to this page, too, so you're not taking your limited time hunting around for it. Get to know the nurses who are caring for the person with cancer. Let them know that you will be the point of contact for the person with cancer. Nurses are key sources of information and support and can answer many of your questions. They can provide practical tips for caregiving and tell you where to find more information. They can also help you understand medical procedures and hospital processes. Meet with the attending doctor and explain that you want to be informed of important test results and medical decisions. Also, give the doctor your contact information. You will also want to ask for the best way to reach the doctor. You should also keep a running list of questions. Find out when the doctor will be visiting patients so that you can be there to get your questions answered. It also helps to write down or record the answers. Hospital rooms may have whiteboards you and the staff can use to write questions or comments. And if you don't understand what the doctor is saying, ask him or her to provide more explanation. Meet with a hospital social worker or case manager. 
A social worker or case manager can help in many ways. This help may include understanding insurance issues, finding financial and travel support, and coordinating care between doctors. They can also provide information on local caregiving resources. At the end of a hospital stay, they often help with planning issues, such as follow-up care. Be sure you get organized since you are responsible for so many tasks as a caregiver. Better organization can help you feel less overwhelmed by all of the information that you have from the hospital. You may wish to create a system for filing paperwork. A simple three-ring binder with folders and tabs is one option. This will help you to quickly find what you need, saving time and reducing stress. In addition, keep a list of the patient's medications and allergies with you. This list may include each medication's name, purpose, dosage, and time of doses. I know I personally have my medication list typed up, including the time I take everything, what I take from name to strength of dose, and it's very handy to just pull this up and quickly review for any changes. It's a great idea to have a typed list you can print for any health professional to review for interactions between medicines, and as they consider prescribing new medications, they can see what the patient is already on. Finally, review and share legal documents. Advanced directives are legally binding instructions. They explain the medical choices that the person with cancer would want if he or she were unable to make these decisions. Advanced directives often include the following documents. Power of attorney. In this document, a person names a healthcare proxy, also called a healthcare agent. This is another person who can legally make healthcare decisions on the patient's behalf if he or she is unable. Living will. This written set of instructions outlines the type of life-sustaining, end-of-life medical care a person would or would not want. Make sure that these documents are in the patient's medical record and that the healthcare team is aware of the patient's wishes. If the person with cancer does not have these documents, talk with him or her about creating them. It may be possible to complete the forms in the hospital. Next, I'll highlight some information on caregiving at home. These are some great reminders. The first one is to communicate, as so many issues stem from lack of effective communication. One of the caregiver's most important jobs is to talk openly with the person who has cancer. A lack of communication often leads to isolation, frustration, and misunderstandings. Choose a quiet time that is convenient for both of you to talk. Next, include the person with cancer in activities that provide meaning or pleasure. Even if the person with cancer is no longer able to actively participate in activities he or she enjoys, look for other ways to encourage involvement. This helps the person stay connected to the world beyond the cancer and maintain a sense of normalcy for both of you. As an example, I love to read books and magazines. After treatment, if I was tired or having trouble focusing, I switched to listening to audiobooks. 
It's really nice, as you know, if you're resting while listening to this podcast right now, to close your eyes and listen to an uplifting and comforting voice. If I fell asleep, I could back up and find the last thing I remembered being covered. So think about how activities can be modified. Next, look for signs that they need help coping. A person living with cancer may experience a wide range of emotions. These include sadness, stress, anger, anxiety, depression, fear of side effects, and guilt. If you think the person you are caring for is struggling to manage their emotions, ask his or her healthcare team about resources that can help. These resources may include counseling, support groups, and relaxation techniques. Remember to take care of your own emotional health as well so you can be a more effective caregiver. Finally, accept the limitations of a person who is seriously ill. A person who just received chemotherapy may not be able to taste a meal you worked hard to prepare, or a person on pain medication may not notice all of the small things you do. Adding my own tip here, try not to get annoyed at them. Try to put yourself in their shoes. How might you feel if you were their age going through all they are going through? You can acknowledge or talk about the emotions they're expressing by saying things like, I can tell this is really frustrating for you. That may open up a productive conversation as they say, yes, it is really frustrating to not be able to do this or feel this way. Now I'm going to share some valuable information on addressing financial issues as a caregiver. Caring for someone with cancer can be expensive for the patient and the caregiver. Talk with your loved one about who will perform medical services and how specific services, such as medications or therapy, will be paid. Knowing the financial status of the patient can help guide future healthcare choices. The following suggestions may help you manage cancer-related costs and reduce the stress they can cause. Get permission to talk with the insurance company. You may need to talk with your loved one's health insurance company about coverage and reimbursement issues. To be able to do this, your loved one needs to give permission to the insurance company. Ask for an insurance case manager. Many insurance companies will assign a person to help manage insurance concerns for a person with a serious illness. This person can help you learn what's covered by insurance, how to handle insurance issues, and find professional home care. Keep track of costs, conversations, and paperwork. Set up a system for organizing financial paperwork. Keep all medical bills, explanation of benefits, reports from the insurance company, pharmacy receipts, and other receipts from healthcare expenses. Also, keep a written record of conversations you have with the insurance company, including the date, name of the person you spoke with, and what was said. Ask for help managing costs. Talk about managing or lowering cancer-related medical and non-medical costs with your loved one's healthcare team. 
Oncology social workers, case managers, doctors, and oncology nurses can help or provide referrals to support services and financial resources. With my recent colonoscopy, I received a text message when the prep solution I had to drink the night before and morning of was ready for pickup at the pharmacy. The cost looked a bit high, even with my health insurance, but I found a copay assistance card on the website of the drug maker that lowered my cost by over $30. Learn what unreimbursed expenses can be claimed for tax purposes. Track any care-related expense that is not reimbursed by the insurance company. This includes the date of service, the amount paid, reason for expense, and name of the provider. You can request information from the IRS about claiming these expenses for tax purposes. You can also get help from a tax professional. How about if you're a long-distance caregiver? Here's some great ideas to help you make the most of your in-person visits. Meet with a member of the medical team. Set up an appointment with the person's healthcare team to discuss the medical issues and care plan. Before the trip, prepare a list of questions for the healthcare team. If possible, include the person with cancer in the discussions. Meet with the person's informal support network. Arrange to meet with friends, neighbors, and members of community organizations who are providing care. Ask if they have any concerns or suggestions on ways to improve care. Try to keep an open mind about what they say or suggest. Also, ask that they contact you right away if they notice any problems. Here's where I add a tip, too. If you text, let them know if that is your preferred contact method or how you prefer to be reached. You might be at work talking on a call but can see a text come in and may be even able to respond quickly from a meeting. It might take you longer to retrieve a voicemail and return a call. Schedule a break for the local caregivers. If possible, plan to take over some of the tasks of the local caregivers. This provides them with some relief. It also gives you the chance to think about the caregiving needs and resources firsthand. Observe the person's condition and the condition of the surroundings. Is there food in the refrigerator? Is the house clean? Is the person bathed and groomed? Spend time talking to the person with cancer about their feelings regarding their care. And take time to reconnect. Schedule quality time with the person with cancer. You can do this by enjoying activities that you like together. Up next, some really useful information on caring for yourself. Caregivers may experience periods of stress, anxiety, depression, and frustration. As a caregiver myself, I can say from personal experience, caregivers do experience periods of stress, anxiety, depression, and frustration. If you don't, that's rare. The following suggestions can help keep you from feeling overwhelmed or burned out. Find support. Feeling angry, guilty, alone, afraid, and or sad can be common for caregivers. Talking with other people who are caring for a family member or friend with cancer can help you cope. 
Ask an oncology social worker to help you find local resources, such as support groups. Remember I previously shared Immerman Angels offers support for caregivers, too? I'll share that link again this week if you need to sign up to get support for yourself as a cancer caregiver. Recognize the signs of stress. The following are signs of stress. Feeling exhausted all of the time. Getting sick more often than usual. Not sleeping enough. Feeling impatient, irritated, or forgetful. Not enjoying things you used to enjoy and withdrawing from people. If you feel constantly stressed, get help. Explore new ways to provide care and seek help from others. This can mean hiring people to care for the person with cancer or to help you with chores, errands, or child care. Family, friends, and members of religious and community groups are often willing to assist. Accept their help and give them specific tasks. I'll share on the Dose of Joy podcast Facebook page a link to a great resource called Caring for a Loved One with Cancer. There's some very helpful worksheets included in this that you can copy and fill in, then copy and distribute so all caregivers have the same information. Make time for yourself and other relationships. Spending time doing something you enjoy can give you a much-needed break. Taking breaks can help you continue to be an effective caregiver. Also spend time with other people who are important to you. Those supportive relationships are important for your own health and well-being. Learn about the Family and Medical Leave Act, FMLA. The FMLA requires employers with 50 or more employees to provide up to 12 weeks of unpaid, job-protected leave for employees who need time off to care for a seriously ill family member. Employers must continue benefits during the leave period, and some may allow a flexible or reduced work schedule. The Act also permits employers to provide leave provisions that are more generous than the Act requires. Talk with your employer to learn about the specific provisions your company offers. Explore options for financial assistance. Out-of-pocket costs such as parking, transportation, and food can add up for a caregiver. If managing costs becomes stressful, you can seek financial counseling. Find out if the center or hospital where the person with cancer is receiving treatment provides this service. Be kind and patient with yourself. Many caregivers experience occasional bouts of anger or frustration, and then they feel guilty for having these feelings. Try to find positive ways to cope with these difficult feelings. This could include talking with supportive friends, exercising, or journaling. Take care of your body. Make time to exercise, eat healthy foods, stay hydrated, and get enough sleep. Also, reevaluate your own health. The stress of caregiving can lead some people to develop or increase unhealthy habits, such as smoking, drinking too much alcohol, or using prescription medicine improperly. If you cannot make healthy changes on your own, seek professional help. 
Caregivers need to pay close attention to their emotional and mental health. Several studies have shown that caregivers are at an increased risk for depression and anxiety. If you are having trouble coping with your emotions, talk with your doctor or a counselor. These are some great reminders, some of which you likely already know, but hopefully some are new. It's also good to hear things you know again. Often when I'm speaking to groups, people come up to me afterwards and say they know some of the things I shared, but just hearing me talk about it again reminded them while they know it, they're not practicing or doing it. So they're going to make a conscious effort to work something new into their routine. We are already out of time with so much great information. Today's episode of Dose of Joy really flew by. Thank you for taking time to listen. If you enjoy the show, the best way to help is by leaving a five-star review wherever you're listening in. Also, tell someone you know facing cancer about this show so they can listen in each week and catch up on all the previous episodes as they have time. Remember, you can email the show at doseofjoypodcast at hotmail.com. Next week, we'll be talking about Lung Cancer Awareness Month, which is also in November, along with the Great American Smokeout coming up November 18th in 2021. Wishing you a joyful life. I'm gonna laugh and I'm gonna cry. The world is waiting here for me. I can do more than just survive. I wanna see how far I can go. Watch me put my heart in drive. I'm gonna live